0: open our books, our Bibles to Philippians 2, verse 6 to 11. Philippians 2, verse 6 to 11. My topic tonight on this passage is Christ's amazing love and humility for us. Philippians 2, verse 6 to 11, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We have this passage in front of us, but before I go into the passage, I want us to see what was happening in the book when Paul uh telling this to us. In chapter 2, verse 3, Paul is telling us as, as, as believers to count others more significant than ourselves is telling us to do that in humility so he's telling us and he's show he's showing us what Christ has done to us in this passage tonight so in verse 6 who though was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped we see here jesus is doing something which is negative because of his love on us he doesn't do something what does jesus did not do he doesn't count his divine nature did you see that he did not count in verse six he did not count his equality in the he did not count his equality with, the, with God a thing to be grasped, in verse 6. So we see that Jesus is not counting himself, uh, the equality in the form of God, because Jesus is God. We see that in John 1, verse 1, John 1, verse 1, Jesus is God. If we look in this phrase, the form of God, he's telling us Jesus is God. In John 1 verse 1 tells us that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So we can see in the beginning Jesus was God. So he is not counting his divine nature. Why? Because he loved us. So he is not counting this. He's showing us his love by not counting his divine nature. Why? I'm going to explain all these things later on so I just want to go on uh, with the with these scriptures then I'll, I'll explain uh, why does Jesus is doing this. So we've got seven verbs in this uh, passage so we can look his description in John 1 verse uh, 1 He was there with God in the beginning. He was with God and he was God. Yet he's not counting all those things. He is not counting those things because of his love on us. That leads us to our next verse, verse number seven. There's a conjunction in verse number seven. You can look. Verse number seven, there is but. But contrast verse number six with verse number seven. He was able to to grasp the equality with God, but he is not doing that. Why? What is that? What does he do? He emptied himself. If you look in verse seven, he but he emptied himself. How does he empty himself? I I, I told you I'm going to explain these things later on as we go. How? How does he empty himself? You will see he emptied himself. We saw him as God in John 1 verse 1. But now he did not grasp. And now God is emptying himself. Why? Because of his love on us. And we can see... How does he emptied himself by taking a form of a servant? Did you see that in verse seven? He emptied himself. How? By taking a form of a servant. And how? How does he become a form of a servant? In verse seven. By being born in the likeness of man. So, brothers and sisters. I want. We are reading this book as, as the church, the book of Philippians. When you came across with this uh, passage we are reading, have you ever asked it yourself, why? Why does Jesus does these things to us? Why? He has done these things because he loved us. He emptied himself. He became a servant. He was being born in the form of a man. So why? Let me explain these things, verse 6 and verse 7. If you recall, last month we were reading the book of Ephesians. And in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 14, there is, there, there is this economic work of Trinity, if you recall, in chapter 1, verse 3 to 14 there was God as as the master planner of the of our salvation and we have Christ the plan must be done in Christ and we have the Holy Spirit sealed us so there is the plan in heaven and Jesus is God as we saw that in uh, John chapter 1 so there is a plan before the foundation in Ephesians, if you recall. So, for the plan to be done, Jesus must do something because Jesus here we see he is God, right? So, if I can ask you, Jesus is God, he cannot die, right? Am I correct? So, something must be done. So, we are seeing this the plan of our salvation, he is God. So for he, because he, he loved us If you recall two, two weeks ago uh, the, we, 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 we had a preaching from Genesis chapter 2 The fall of a man So we have sinned So we have sinned Then God has the plan to save the sinners So that's, in, in that plan Jesus is God He must do something To save us as sinners So because he is God He cannot die because the plan The sinners must die We agree right The punishment in Genesis When Adam is sinned He ate that fruit The punishment was The day you eat this fruit you shall Surely die We agree that right So men As we we have sinned So for the plan for, for the judgment for the sinner is to die. So here we have got Jesus. Jesus is God. He must die for the sinners, but he cannot die because he is God. So something must be done for him to come and save us. That's why we see now he did not count the equality with God in verse 6. He's not grasping anything on, on his divine nature. Then in verse 7, we see, we saw that he does something. He emptied himself. He is God. He emptied himself because he loved us. He emptied himself and took the form of a servant to become, to be born in the likeness of men for the plan of our salvation to be done. So that is the explanation of verse number 6 and verse number 7. Jesus is God. He cannot die. So sinners, the judgment for sin is dying. You must die. So now Jesus, he loved us. He's going to take uh, our place as sinners to die. He's going to take the wrath of God. So something must be done in him. That's why he is doing these things in verse number 6 and verse number 4. In verse number 7, he emptied himself and took a form of a servant. And he did not end there. You can see he does something remarkable in verse number 8. If you look in the Bible, uh, in your Bible, in verse number 8, he does not end there. And being found in human form. Did you see that? He took human form. He does something remarkable even though he took human form. He knew the world is broken and wicked and filthy. But because he loved us, he took the human form and came to the broken, wicked world. So by that, and if you, if you look furthermore, he did not end there. After that, look what he has done in the, in the next phrase in verse 8. He humbled himself. Did you see that? He humbled himself. How? How does he humble himself? He humbled himself by, by being obedient. How? How does he obey it? If you look furthermore in verse number 8, he obeyed to the point of death. Why? Because he loved us. He loved us, he humbled himself, and he obeyed God to the point of death. And you look, look, look again in, in, in verse 8. What kind it's not just death. There is a kind of death in verse 8. He humbled himself and obedient to the point of death, even a death on the cross. He died on a painful. Men on, on, on a painful way, they nailed him on the cross. Before that, they whipped him, and he was he died a humiliation death. He was hanged on the cross in between the, 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 the criminals, yet he was sinless. But he does these things because he loved us. So, I want to look. How does he obey it? this word, obedient. Because he obeyed and he obeyed to the point of death. So I want to look this word, obedient. Can you please open to Romans 5, verse 19? Open your Bibles to Romans 5, verse 19. Romans 5, verse 19. For as by one man disobedience, the men were made sinners. So by the one man is for the one man is disobedience, the men were made sinners. So by the one man is obedience, the men will be made righteous. Did you see that? So someone disobedient. Disobeyed. Who? Adam in the garden of Eden disobeyed God he was being told do not, this, do not eat this tree and he ate the tree and when he ate the tree he made us all sinners right so he disobeyed and there was a judgment we made sinners and when we made sinners there is judgment of death then he himself if you look in Romans chapter 19 He obeyed. He died for us. If you recall that sermon in Genesis chapter 2, when he sinned, there was a big separation, a great separation between man and God. There was a big rift between us. So Jesus obeyed God. We have sinned. Then he took upon all the wrath of God, and he said... I will come down to earth and help those sinners. So he came down as the preacher two weeks ago said, he came to made the bridge between that rift. The man is other side. There's no way you can sneak. And that tells us we cannot save ourselves, right? As men we can there's no way we can save ourselves. Only Jesus will save us. So he came down and he's going to make that narrow bridge to come and take us from the other side we we are, because we have sinned, so there is a great separation between us. So he obeyed, he came down, and he died for us as sinners. And when he died, he made us righteous because we were sinners. So this is going to lead me into our uh, into number verse number nine, verse number nine. We I I told you I've got uh, I didn't tell you I've got two 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 points. The first point is what Jesus what Jesus does for us, and the second point was what God does to Jesus. So because Jesus has done these verbs in chapter six to chapter. 8, there is something happened in chapter 9 about God. We'll see in verse 9, we see therefore. Therefore, it tells us about the result. What is the result? We can look back, because he has done these things in verse number 6, verse number 7, verse number 8, there is the result. What is the result? We're going to see the result. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. And he does two things to him. Because he has obeyed, he loved us, he came down to, 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 to die for us. So now God is doing something to Jesus. He is doing two things to him. He highly exalted him, and he is giving him He is giving his name uh, the owner above all names. Did you see that in verse 9? So that reminded me one of the sermons of uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he preached one of his sermons and I quote, the devil has miscalculated his mathematics. He thought by putting Christ to death, he had won. He does not know that by dying of Jesus Christ, it was the plan from the beginning of the foundation to save us. We have seen that in, in the book of uh, Ephesians. That was the plan. But the devil, he did not know this is the plan. He thought he had won. But we can see, because Christ has done something for us, he has died for us on the cross He's going to get the rewards. He's going to be highly exalted. That is a victory to Satan, to to the devil. His name is going to be uh, honored above all the names. That is the victory. And we saw another victory in Romans chapter 5, verse 19. He's bringing many to the righteousness. So I've got a question here. With all these things, Jesus is done. You see here in Romans chapter five, verse 19, He's bringing many to the Son to, 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 to righteousness. So this many is particular. it's not universal, right? This is particular. It's a particular group. Are you the part of these many? Are you part of God's plan of salvation? are you in this program or in this plan of salvation? Because he's not saving all, right? We can see in, the, in, in Romans 5, he's not bringing all or he's not bringing everyone. He's bringing many. That means he's bringing some. It's particular, it's not all. So are you in this, uh, in this uh, plan of salvation we are seeing in, in, the, in the book of Philippians? You know yourself better than myself, so you can answer that by yourself. Then we will see in Philippians Philippians chapter 9 that God exalted him and he made his name above every name. So we are going to see again in verse 9, he made his name above every name. Who does make Jesus' name above every name? We've got two subjects here. We've got Jesus and God. So, Jesus, we saw the verbs, what Jesus does. So, now we are under the points, our second point, what God does to Jesus. So, we can see here, because Jesus obeyed God, two things had happened to him. He is highly exalted by God, and he bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So God is exalted Jesus and he made his name to be above all the names. Above every name. So we can see again, this is a command. His name is above every name. So we can see here in verse 9 This is a command And the command is universal is to everyone the, the name of Jesus Is above every name So There is Another uh, Group or another religion That They don't believe that Jesus Is God but they claim To be the Christians But I don't know what does they say about this verse? Because this is God who is saying the name of Jesus is above every name, and it doesn't stop there. If you see in verse number 10, verse number 10, they saw that, saw that we we'll see the purpose. Why? Why does Jesus, why does God made Jesus, uh, why does God? Exalt Jesus. Why does God made His name above every name? So there's is, there's is a purpose of Him doing that. We can see He made His name exalted, and He made His name above all the names. Why? So that every knee should bow. Again, we see in verse out there, every knee, not some, every. So. I spoke about that group. They don't believe Jesus is God. So here, God himself is telling everything must bow uh, in the name of Jesus. Everything must bow at Jesus. Right? We saw that in verse 10. So, what do we call someone who is being bowed by everything? It must be God, right? So, If they claim to be Christians, but they don't believe Jesus is God. So they claim they obey God. But this is a command from God. So if God said everything must bow at Jesus, not everyone. Now we are talking everything because if you see in the next phrase, in heaven, on earth or under the earth, that means everything, not everyone. So if they say Jesus is not God, yet they claim to obey God, this is the command from God that we must bow, everything must bow at Jesus Christ. That's why every night uh, someone stands in front in the evening at, at, at our church to try to ask, let us, how many days does we read our Bible? How many days that we, uh, did we memorize our verses. Why? Because we want our church to be a biblical church. We teach verse by verse so that we will see these things. If someone st- comes to you and say, no, Jesus is not God, then y- you, you know that, you, you have read, read that in, in the Bible that Jesus is God. So you can tell no, this guy or this man is lying because is not saying what the Bible is saying, right? Because we even the angels, the angels have been ordered to to have been commanded to worship him. We are memorizing the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 1, chapter 6. Uh, I'll see if I'm still remembering that one. He is after he has brought the festival to the sun. He said, Let all the angels of God worship him. So, if the angels are worshiping him, who am I not worshiping God, we are worshiping Jesus? Because God Himself made you, him. He is telling us here, His name is above all the names, and every knee shall bow, even the angels. So, we can see here now, Jesus is God there is the proof there is no uh, any way we can say jesus is not god because the bible we the bible is our authority right so we see he is going to he he was rewarded he was god we saw he was god in the beginning in john 1 verse 1 he was god and he loved us he emptied himself he becoming a uh, uh, he, he becoming a servant and he was being born in the likeness of men, and he obeyed up until to the point of death. Why? Because he has done those things, because he has loved us. So he was God in the beginning, and he did not grasp all the divine nature, because he loved us, so that he will come down and do the plan of God to save us as sinners. At the end, we'll see again he' is exalted again, he is being above everything. So in in chapter, in chapter eleven, we can see again, and every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord. Again, we can see in verse here in verse 11 every tongue that means Everyone. There is, there is no particular here. This is universal. in verse of everyone. In the Old Testament, we see God is being called Lord. So here we see God is, being, is, saying, is saying, Jesus Christ, every tongue must, say, must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What does that mean? God was being called Lord in the Old Testament. So God said he deserved to be called God, God, to be called the same name as mine. That means he's God. God is Lord in the Old Testament and he is saying, every tongue must confess Jesus is Lord. So this is the same name. So God himself is saying he is God. We can see that in verse, verse 11. So Before I conclude, brothers and sisters, let me uh, remind you or ask you, are you in this part of the salvation, in book of Philippians chapter 6 to chapter 11, is Jesus done these verbs for you? Does Jesus did not count his equality with God because of you? Does Jesus, did not, does Jesus emptied himself for you? Does Jesus take a form of a servant for you? Is being born in the likeness of men for you? Does Jesus died for you? If he has done these things for you, praise the Lord and pray for, for, for perseverance so that you will not fall away up until the end. And if he does not do, if he does not do these things for you, I'll remind you in the book of Revelation, there is judgment to the sinners, that is obedience. There is judgment. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 10, uh, it says, Sinners will be tormented in the fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the lamb. Who is the lamb? Jesus Christ. He is going to be there in the lake of fire, seeing sinners being tormented, bent into the lake of fire. Why? Because he came down on earth, and he did not count equality with God, and he emptied himself and died for us as sinners. So If you took that as you have done nothing, in the day of judgment, you are going to be in the lake of fire in front of him. The one who has come and become man and died for our sins is going to watch you burning in the hell of fire. So I'll ask you this evening, if you are outside of Christ, Will you please ask Jesus and humble yourself and say, Lord, I did not know you have done all these things for me. Will you please forgive me and run, come to him while it is uh, early, while it is not the time of judgment. Because judgment is coming. We are learning the book of uh, Revelation. There is judgment coming. So this is the time right now for you to come and say, Lord, humble yourself. You know, grace is being given to the humble. So humble yourself and say, Lord, I did not realize you have done these things. You have emptied yourself for the sake of me. You have become a form of a man. You become human because you loved me. So please forgive me, I did not. I overlooked all these things because these things, Paul wrote these things for us to show us what Jesus does for us, for us to to, to be righteous. He costed his life for our sake. So if you are outside of Christ, I'll beg you this evening, will you please humble yourself and come to Jesus Christ while the time is still there then I will remind you again in the book of Revelation Revelation chapter Revelation chapter 19 verse 7 there is the marriage and the marriage is for the, 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 those who obeyed the saints so if you are outside of Christ there's two places you are going to be uh, people are going to be there's the marriage and there's lake of fire. So if you are outside of Christ, and the Bible always talks about two places, goats and sheep, you are not going to be in the middle. If you are on the wrong side, you are going to be in the lake of fire. If you obeyed and humbled yourself and believed in Jesus, you are going to be with him in the marriage. We saw the marriage in Revelation chapter 9, verse 7. So I'll ask you in the name of our Lord, please don't overlook these seven verbs Jesus has done for us because he has done these things out of his love for us. He has come down. We were terrible sinners. We fell into into sin. We were enemies of God. But he emptied himself to come and save us. I want to thank you for being listening for my sermon. I'll close with a prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you this evening. Please make this sermon to talk to someone in this congregation. Will you please bring someone to Christ? Will you please make us acknowledge all these verbs you have done for us? You come, you become men because you loved us. We have sinned, we don't deserve that, but you emptied yourself to come on earth and made us righteous. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.